welcome to my show where we talk about love, where we allow ourselves joy and compassion, where we are open to our authenticity, where speaking our truth is our birthright and we claim our abundance, our prosperity. Welcome here to this space where I share my love for healing, my love for connecting with women on a soul level, because I believe that we all have a purpose on this planet, and I am here to help you awaken that aspect of yourself. I am here to help you claim your inner power of safety and trust and creativity and confidence and love and healing and speaking your truth and intuition and connecting with those around you. Here and now is this space that I have created to join women together. I love you and I'm so grateful for you. May we lead with love and light, joy and compassion, my beautiful soul sisters. Welcome back, my lovely soul sisters. Here I am, a day late, but you know, I'm here showing up because this is life. And sometimes life happens. And I feel like it's so important as human and women to be flexible with ourselves because I know that off and on, I have struggled hard with needing things to go a certain way, like always needing things to go a certain way. And then when it doesn't, that's when it feels so overwhelming. And I know for me, a lot of that is because when things do go the way that I want them to, it's like, right, we know we can anticipate, we know what to expect. And then when we don't know what to expect, things are out of our control. And as a recovering control freak, I will say that control is my and our way as humans of coping with the anxiety because, right, when things are all lined up and like here, we know. It's like we know, but we have to, as humans, so embrace the fear of the unknown and letting that go. And I'm so grateful for one of my soul sisters that I did a quantum healing session with. And she recommended these Bach flower essence. And this Bach flower essence, which is just like healing with flower energy medicine. And it is aspen, like a beautiful aspen tree, which is one of my favorite trees. I love the eyes and the white bark and the beautiful leaves and the shapes of them. And it's so cool. If you have ever had an aspen twig and snapped it in half, the center, the core of the twig looks like a star. It's freaking beautiful. So the Bach flower essence for fear of the unknown that I've started taking is Aspen. And it's just like two droppers under my tongue. And right, is it working? (laughs) When I remember to. And yeah, we just have to allow ourselves permission to show up in this moment and not always be so afraid of the what ifs and the unknown. Because really in this life, it's the unknown that those are the most magical miracle moments, like those unknown moments that are here to help us through these difficult times. And I got to puppy sit 
my golden doodle Jasper, who he's now, he is, how old is he? He's like a year and a half and we bred him with this lovely, beautiful soul that is some of my soul family, her and her daughters. And she has a golden doodle and we bred our dog Jasper with her dog, Simone. And they had five beautiful baby puppies. And I went down to the valley is what we call it from living in the mountains, even though everyone who lives down there makes fun of that. And it's so funny because in the mountains, that's just what you call it. Going down to the valley, you go down to the valley. And so this is so interesting. So when I get ready to go down to the valley, I can feel the anxiety already starting to like twist and toil. And I just, I really feel like at home. And so I resonate with the energy of the mountains and, and even my town where I live right now, it is such a tourist space in Estes Park. And there are just like tens of thousands of, I have no idea. There's so many people. Like usually, depending on the person that you talk to, there could be anywhere from 6,000 to 12,000 people who live here in the winter. And then the summer, I would say 60,000 plus people. So it's way busier. But luckily, I live on the outskirts of town, so it's really calm. But when I'm getting ready to go down, especially for a big trip like this one, where we actually stayed down for, it was two weeks, two solid weeks, and it was... It was actually like perfectly weird, perfectly imperfect timing because my husband and I had, they've been just going through a lot of shit and struggling and we were talking about splitting up and this has been a hard year for us. This is our 18th year of being married and 19th year of being together, 19 and a half years of being together and it has been a fucking hard year for us. It has been a struggle and we have grown apart and we really have just like, we're like rug sweepers where we sweep our shit under the rug and it gets big (laughs) and it gets big and it gets big until it turns into a mountain. And then you have no choice other than to like figure your shit out or we've got to go separate directions. And so we got to go down and watch these beautiful babies, which at first I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know how to do this. I've never done this. And it was so amazing because the mama just like innately knows how to take care of her babies. And when I first started watching, I think the puppies were almost three and a half weeks, like three weeks old. And they were still like primarily nursing. And then I was there for about five days and we introduced food, which you mix up kind of like a milk supplement. And then you soak like puppy food until it is mush and it's called gruel. And it's like this sloppy, messy thing. And it was, it was very interesting and very uh, foreign to the puppies as, as it was foreign to me to try to feed these little babies. And these little puppies are like the sweetest souls. And it was so interesting because I remember thinking, there's no way I'm going to remember what puppy is which puppy, who is who. And then just after like day three, I just knew there was Huck. And he's kind of like the 
he's a big boy and he's really light and tan and he has been struggling the hardest. He was the last born. And so we were thinking he's the runt and he's just like a sweet little angel that you kind of have to keep your extra eyes out on. And he lays with his arms and legs sprawled out and you have to make sure that he's eating the food. You put it right in front of him and he'll just slowly lap it up. But those first few days, that first week, actually, I would have to take the food and I would pinch it in my fingers. And then with my, I would pinch his cheeks with one hand. And then with the other fingers that I pinched the food, I would put it in his mouth and then feed it to the top, the roof of his mouth. So he could, or I would just put it and then he would lick it off of my fingers. And I had a finger feed him for many days. And there was days where I didn't feel like he ate much. And it was just interesting. And there's Huck and then there's Buddy and he is the biggest. I think he is the alpha and he's more of this like reddish, like golden retriever, like traditional golden retriever puppy. Oh, he's so beautiful. And I'm trying to think of Huck, Buddy, Lucas. And he was the firstborn and he's the smallest with the curliest hair. And just like the most advanced puppy is Lucas, the one just like stomping around with his head held high and opening his eyes and just an adventure seeker. And then there's Liliana and she is one of the girls and she's smaller with like curlier hair and in light. And she has this little, little white spot on the top of her head. And also Huck, the one that has been having a harder time has a big white splotch on the top of his head. And it's so interesting because the mama, Simone, is all black and she has like a big white spot on her belly and one on her head and I think under her chin. And then Jasper is really light colored, but has like golden ears, tails and like a tail and undercarriage. And all of these puppies are light, like not one of them got the dark black gene, which is so interesting out of all five puppies. And the last puppy is Opalite, named after this magical crystal, Opalite, which is the puppy that my daughter got to name. And she is like a sweet little baby. Like she's kind of like a little thicker and just kind of fits into the pack. And it's just like a sweet little snuggly love. I mean, they all are. They're just like so amazing and lovely. And I did not think that I was going to enjoy watching these baby puppies as much as I did. But I really did. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed like being like a mama again. Like I'm a mama, but my kids are bigger and they're more independent and self-sufficient. And it was just, it was an experience that I can never get back. And I just being around those puppies just brought me so much joy and really gave me permission to be super present with where I was. And my husband and I, we had been like fighting and having a really hard time. And then we had this like amazing heart to heart talk that we hadn't had in like forever. (laughs) A talk that we needed to have like many years, like a talk that we need to have like every week, like a talk where we actually communicate and talk to each other and share how we're feeling. But it's interesting because even being me, like I am like the self-help, communication, be authentic. These are all things that I strive to be. I wrote about it in my book, Awaken You. And then here in my marriage, I just sometimes shut down. And I know it has a lot to do with my inner child shit. And 
just feeling when I was a little girl, like I never really had a strong supporting male who made me feel safe. And so I have honestly my whole life really repelled men and really had like a guard up on men. And even my own husband, I've been with him for 18 years, 19 and a half years, like married for 18. And still it's like, Shelly, you need to shed that shit. Like this metaphor of being like, we're all like these onions. It's like Shrek, right? (laughs) You have to peel the layers. And we really do have these layers. And I feel like the key to like surviving a relationship, like moving from surviving to thriving in a relationship is like allowing those layers to unfold because I have so much awareness of myself and my life. And I do so much stuff for myself. I, I am like always doing practices and I'm always growing spiritually, mentally, emotionally. And when it comes to my husband, it has very much been this like business relationship between the two of us, where it's like, we talk about the kids, the house, the finances, his work, barely my work. I always feel like my work gets kind of like quieted down or I just don't say much about it because it's just ever changing and shifting and growing. And I really, in this moment here and now, it's like making this marriage work. I have to open and expand and be be my authentic self all of the time, even with my husband. And it doesn't mean that I have to share every single, all of the things with him, because I really do believe that in especially the culture of America where I live is that there's just such this unrealistic expectation of our partner or our husband or our wife. And that this one person is supposed to fill all of these roles of being like our protector and our romantic lover and our emotional fulfiller and maybe even our financial helper, our knight in shining armor, our queen of the castle or whatever resonates that we put this like really unrealistic expectation label on our partner. But there's some things that I have been craving from my husband. Like I have been just like, I have been craving a spiritual connection with him. And the closest we get to that is being in nature. Like when we're in nature and we go for these like date hikes where we leave the kids and Junie and Milo are like in charge because they're, they're like 12 and 10, very responsible. They can help take care of Jack while we go for a two hour date hike, which is so amazing. And I can't believe I'm actually at a space where my kids are old enough to watch themselves. It's pretty like surreal. And when we're in nature, it's like, that is like our connection. But I really haven't talked to my husband a lot about growth and the things that I'm doing. And I realized through our big talk and our big argument was that he was getting jealous and feeling like I'm leaving him behind and I'm leaving him out. And it make it made me so sad and then also really angry because it was like, what? Like I never once like intended on leaving you behind. Like come with me, like rise up, do the things, like help yourself. Or if you don't can't help yourself, like ask for help because you are married to like the self-help guru mama right here. I'm right in front of your eyes. Like, hello, Rex. I'm fucking right here. That's my husband's name. And it just was frustrating. And we were down watching the puppies and it was just like so lovely. And it was honestly like so 
nice to have that space from my husband because sometimes I feel like I have to walk on eggshells around him because I don't know if he's going to feel like overly stressed out or what his mood is going to be. And it was just like really nice and freeing. And I was right by my sister Jenny's house. And every morning we went for these like lovely, like hour to hour and a half long walks. And my daughter, Junie was like the puppy sitter amazingness who was like always helping take care of the puppies. And just like, she was being so amazing. And it was so adorable because the girls, the three girls, my two nieces and my daughter were just like in heaven, like taking care of puppies and we're staying at my friend's house and, you know, like it's kind of like new and different, but even though it was the exact, it's the exact same model of my sister's house. And it was like, ah, it was such a great time. And this is, it's funny, but not so funny is that Junie has wanted her puppy Opalite. And we have two dogs. We have a giant 75 pound golden doodle Jasper, the daddy. And then we have an 11 pound Joy, who is a Chihuahua terrier who sometimes has been getting himself into trouble and escaping. And if he senses a lot of anxiety, he freaks out and runs at people. And it was like horrible. He got put on a freaking house arrest because he somehow the kids left the door open to my upstairs area and he freaking escaped. And there's vacation rentals like on my entire street. There's only like three families, actually one, two, three there's four families who live on my street and the rest are vacation rentals and joy escaped. And he went and freaking bit somebody. And it was just like a horrible all around experience where obviously I didn't want joy to bite someone, but they were very upset, which I mean, I understand like that is terrifying. Nobody wants a little tiny dog who's all crazy to run at you and bite you. It's just like, he has such this like high sensors for anxiety and Ah, it was, it was not a fun experience. And luckily, like he bit like the back of her, this like 20 something year old girl's calf and he didn't draw blood, but there was like some teeth marks and I, there was just like so much emotional disruption going on because like any of us can imagine if a little dog is running at us, like lunging, it's terrifying. And he got put on house arrest from the Larimer County to apartment was animal control. And that was sad. And I immediately, my first hit was, Oh my God, we're going to have to put him down. And I freaked out. And then I said that to my kids and everyone like lost it and started bawling their eyes out. And the girl that Joy bit, she was with her dad and he was so freaking angry and yelling and awful. And I was, it was honestly the day where I thought that my husband and I were going to get a divorce and it was a fucking bad day. It was like one of those days where it like went from bad to worse to worse to worse. And this dad was just yelling at me and I was just like, I was keeping my center and my ground. And I was obviously just like very compassionate and saying, I will do whatever it takes. And he was like, well, there's going to be hospital bills and we need to go get a tetanus shot. And I was like, well, I mean, I don't know why you'd get a tetanus shot for a dog. He is caught up on all of his shots. Like I know rabies could be a thing, but I don't think that tetanus and rabies are the same thing. But regardless, this guy was angry and very in a fear, 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 fear state. Like I could feel all the energy and obviously joy could sense it too. And, and then 
it was probably like 15 minutes later, I see the gentleman walking towards my house and I'm outside and just feeling like, oh, this is a bad day. And he was like asking for me to get Joy's vet record, which I did. I was like, he's caught up on all of his, his things. And he is mostly indoor dog. Like he's nice. He's around a lot of kids all the time. He just can get really scared and he senses anxiety. And he came over and he was being a little just like gruffly. And I just in that moment, like I felt like I was holding so much and I just fucking lost it. And I melted down and just was like, I am so sorry. Like I can't imagine how scary that must have been as a parent. Like I know if that happened to my daughter, I would be feeling so many things. And it was so perfect because in that moment, this man went from being so protective and so defensive to just like he allowed himself to be human and realize that I was human and I didn't like sick my little 11 pound dog on him. And then he was like, he softened and he was like, we understand things like this happen. We don't want you to feel bad at all. And he just legitimately shifted and softened so much. And it was just like an testament to like when someone is like when we're leading with so much fear and then all this anger and rage comes out and this blame and this yucky, and then you know how you can just feel those gross energies. And then when people allow, when we allow ourselves that like ability to actually be human and, and allow compassion in, like it was just, it was that moment of like, thank you, compassion so much. Like I was I was so grateful for that. There's Jasper in the background. And so long story short, I don't know if it was short or long, but Opalite. So immediately we were like, maybe we'll get Opalite because Joy's going to have to be put down. <laughs> well, luckily he did not have to get put down because it was his first defense. And, and honestly, it's kind of sucked because I've been really on edge about him. And we were staying down at my sister's and he will get out and he will run and he will run. And then I have to chase him. And I feel like my lungs are going to explode because I have to sprint. And he is the freaking fastest runner, like part chihuahua, part terrier. He is a crazy dog. Like he is so freaking, freaking fast. Like I'd call him like a Tasmanian devil. Cause he's just like, blah, blah, blah. and if you get like six inches away from him and, and like go to like try to dodge and not dodge, but what's the word, like lunge at him and grab him. He'll just dart in the opposite direction. Like he's so smart and so quick and he just wants to run. He's like, I just want to run. I don't want you to hold me back. So I, the whole time we were down watching the puppies and I had to keep a leash on him. I kept a leash because my thought was, okay, if he escapes, at least if you get close to him, you can step on the leash, right? You know what I'm talking about? Like, like a step on it. But it has been really like unnerving because I'm like, well, when is he going to next time? When is he going to get out and bite someone next? Like, ah, and someone told me that there is like a three strike rule. And I'm like, I don't, I'm not like trying to put this energy out, but I'm like, I have this dog who I can't control and, but he's like so sweet and he loves me and I'm like his person. And when he feels like scared or anything, he just follows me around. He's like right at my feet. I literally will be cooking dinner. I'll take a step to the left. He's under my feet to the left. I'll take a step to the right. He's right there to the right. But he has this like switch inside of him that just flips. And so, and so it is. And so this was another thing that my husband and I were arguing about was getting 
one of the puppies. So we already have two dogs. And I like firmly said, I will not ever have three dogs. Like I'll never have three dogs. Like I've been at people's houses who have three dogs and it's kind of like mass chaos. Well, I have three kids. And when I was over at my sister's, like there's constantly my three kids, my sister's four and my other sister, Amy Beth's three kids, or she has two and then whoever neighbor kids. So there is a minimum of like seven to nine to 12 kids always. And, you know, I just function in that mass chaos. Like it doesn't bother me. It like, it just, it is what it is. And that's my life. And I do that. And so Opalite, we have decided when I say we, it's been me and Junie have decided because through all of these synchronistic meetings, that we've decided that Opalite is going to be ours. So we are going to get another puppy again. And the puppies are going to be ready to come home, I think on like August 14th or 16th. So I'm going to be getting a puppy again, which is like kind of insane. And I just, I know that this dog has like this really profound connection to my daughter. And it was interesting because when I was down there, I went to Hobby Lobby and there was this beautiful woman and she had this dog with her and the dog came up and like sniffed me and she was like, oh, I'm sorry, this is a service dog. And I was like, oh, it's fine. I bet you smell the puppies. And she was like, oh, you have puppies? And I just told her a little bit about them. And then we kind of moved along and then synchronistically we met up again and the puppy was sniffing me and then we got into this talk and it was this beautiful woman and I noticed this tattoo on her arm that said, I am dot, dot, dot. Like those are right. Our, our I am's are two most powerful words. And, and we just started chatting. It just had so many spiritual connections and synchronicities. And it turns out that she is a pet psychic and she also works with humans. And she also is a psychologist and she can do like energy readings on pets, which is so interesting because I can energy read on humans And I guess I could probably read energy on pets if I really like tuned in. I've never really like thought of that as an option. And so I got her number and I was telling her about this puppy and my daughter and Junie's like special needs and how I thought that she could probably help her so much with like anxiety and, you know, like social anxiety with lots of people. And even like when we're learning like anxiety and all of the feelings that come along with having an autistic child and having that autistic brain. And she was like, just like she did an energy reading and she said, Oh yes. Like I can feel that the energy of this puppy is in alignment with your daughter and that she can really help her. And then we were talking about like how to create and make her into a service dog, which I'm sure is a long journey and you can do all the things. And she said, honestly, you can trust that that puppy uh, will grow up and as a dog will connect with your daughter and intuitively know what she needs. And so it is. And so we are now going to have a puppy. It was a long story and it's kind of crazy. And so my husband has been not really on board. And when he was down in he came down for a visit after we were down for seven days and it didn't go so well. We had this huge blowout and we both resumed our old toxic cycles. It was like we had this beautiful talk and we were going to work things out and do amazing things. And then we failed epically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
we like fell off the wagon. Is it off the wagon or on the wagon? I never understand that because it doesn't even, yeah. Because like off, I feel like falling off the wagon would be doing bad. I don't know exactly that metaphor. And then it was like, we again, just like reconvened our old toxic cycles of ignoring each other. And we didn't talk for days, for four days. Like we didn't text, we didn't talk on the phone. And then I was like also getting like passive aggressively mad because really like you haven't seen your kids or heard from them in four days. And really like that was bugging me. And then I had to realize like, okay, if things are bugging me, I have to communicate them. I can't just assume that he can read my mind. (sighs) Why? (laughs) Why is my psychic abilities, why are they not activated? (laughs) Maybe in this life, in this incarnation, that is not my, my path. It would be nice though. I don't know if it would be or wouldn't be. It's like in the Twilight show, the Twilight movies with Edward and how he can read everyone's mind, but Bella's. (laughs) <laughs> that I, I used to be so obsessed with that. And now Junie has been into that. And I'm like, yes, Junie, I will watch all of these with you. And so after these, it was like 14, maybe 15 days because it ended up being my nephew's birthday. And I got home yesterday and I brought two of my nephews and my sons and my little Chihuahua Terrier Joy and all of my hatchback filled with two weeks worth of stuff. And I always am an over preparer. I always have been. It's like my motto is like, I would rather have too much than not enough. And I'm sure it was how I was raised. Like, I just want to make sure that I have everything that I need and more. And so I did. And I spent like three hours unloading, cleaning the car, putting everything away and got home. And my husband got home early and we were just being real weird and like passive to each other. It wasn't even passive aggressive, just like, mm, just like not really acknowledging each other. And I brought my nephews up and my sons up and it's quiet in my house. If you can hear, because he, my husband and my brother-in-law took the four boys on a backpacking trip. And this is three of the boys' first backpacking trip, which is like huge for my sister to let two of her boys go backpacking because she has a lot of fear around nature and wildlife and natural disasters and things. And so after many years of my husband asking, he finally got two of my nephews to go. And this is Jackie's first real backpacking trip. And like, they did it up. Like Rex got all of the things, all of the backpacking gear. And I would have gone if we were getting along, but at the time we were not getting along. So I was like, whatever you take the boys backpacking. And I didn't even think twice about it. And I kind of wish that I went. And then I'm also really grateful because for the first time in two weeks, I'm like sitting in my house alone and Joy is sleeping by the fire and Jasper is outside. And all I have is my two dogs and myself to take care of. And I get to have two whole nights and a whole day and a half to myself, which sounds like fucking magical. And I'm really excited. And yeah. Like, where was I going with this? Oh, yes. Uh, Yesterday, like Rex and I were just being real weird, but he was like, he has been just acting really, I can say, vulnerable. And 
it's, it's interesting on him because I'm not used to feeling his energy vulnerable and is like, I like want him to be vulnerable and then I feel it. And it's almost like it's, it's an adjustment and a change because I'm not used to him being like that. But you know what? In this moment, I'm so fucking grateful that he is being grateful, that he's being grateful, that he's being vulnerable and allowing himself to. And he like pulled through last night and made dinner for everyone. And the boys were playing and running around and being crazy last night. And we like all sat down and watched a movie together. And I like do this thing where when I am not feeling Rex's energy, I will not sleep in bed with him. I will sleep in Junie's room. And she actually stayed down at my friend who has the puppy's house um, because she has two daughters who Junie absolutely loves. And she lives right next door to my sister, Jenny. So if she needed to, she could just go over to her aunties and her cousins. And yeah, it was like, I put my pillows in Junie's room and it was like nine o'clock and Rex was like, well, I'm going to bed. And he went to bed and I put Jack and Finn the to bed. And then there was two older boys awake that were, we were watching like some funny movie I hadn't seen. Like, I don't even know what it was, but it was some like really funny Steve Carell movie with, um, it was like a secret spy. It was, it was funny. And, uh, I, it was like finally nine 30 and I got the big boys. I put them to bed. It was like, okay, it's time for bed. It's like dark. Let's go. And I put them to bed and then I go in bed myself and I like closed the door to my bedroom where Rex was sleeping. And then he opened it because we have this whole house fan. It's called the quiet cool. And it like draws all the cold air from the basement upstairs and it cools off and it will suck. Like if you open your windows in the evening, it will suck the cold air in up and through the house. And it feels like you have air conditioning. It's lovely and amazing. And I'm so grateful for it because this is the first summer this is our third summer here in this house that we've had it. And it's so nice. And he like opened his door and I was just like, so restless laying in Junie's bed. And he like, just like came in and I was like in and out of sleep, you know, that like space between like, what's happening? Is this a dream or where am I? And I could just feel his energy. And he stood there and said, I'm just really grateful that you're home, that you came home. And I said, I'm really grateful that I came home. And I was like, okay. And then he like reached his arm and like rubbed my back a little bit. And then I just like grabbed his arm and like pulled him in. And then he came and he laid and snuggled with me. And he was being like, he does this thing where he's being just like a sweet little snuggler. And he was like sweet snuggling me. And I could tell he was just like feeling like, relieved. And in a way I was too. And I was still feeling like my guard was up. Like, I don't know, like what's happening. And then I was like, okay, Shelly, just like, let go of your shit, let go of the shit and just be where you are, be where you are, like allow love. And that's something like, isn't that funny? I have to work on allowing love in through my husband because I've been putting up such this shield to protect myself and to protect my energy. And I'm thinking like, I don't always have to protect my energy. Like as humans and spiritual beings, when we're at home, it's okay to let our energy shield down our emotional guard down. And it's okay to just be and be vulnerable and be authentic. Right. And that is honestly something that I strive to do all of the time. 
like with my sisters and my kids. And then it's funny with my husband, I'm like working extra hard on that. Like, like stop working so hard, like stop trying so hard. Why am I trying so hard to be the way that I need to be? Because I feel like it's been my way of protecting myself. And when my husband and I got into that fight, when he came down to the valley and I was puppy sitting, he was telling me that I am such a control freak and all I do is control everyone. And and it was just like all of these things. And it was interesting because that came up earlier in the week, like a few days before with my sister, I had gone and gotten my teeth cleaned and my teeth cleaner is like a really spiritual woman. And she's like a holistic, um, dental hygienist who is just amazing. And I feel really connected to, and she was, I told her that I just had gotten done or I was still on the cleanse at the time I did that Huru's holistic healing cleanse. And it was like cleansing my blood, my lymphatic system, um, a parasite eliminator, I'm like trying to think of, I'm probably missing all of the things, but it was pretty much like a reset to my system, like reset, like recreating my micro gut biome. And I was healing like some acid reflux and thyroid things that have been just out of balance. I just knew I needed this cleanse and it was like juicing fruits and vegetables. And it was, it was pretty hard, but I actually felt great at the same time. Like there was days where I was like, Oh, this is fine. And I had to like, let go of everyone else's judgments about the cleanse. Cause even my sister was like, Oh my gosh, that's so much fruit. That's so much blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you know what? You do what works for you. I'll do what works for me. So it's like some people you can tell your things to other people. You're like, I'm doing this because I know this is good for me. And my, her name is Vicky. My um, dental hygienist said, I I could feel that you're like holding on to some energy. And I was like, okay, like I'm holding space for that. And she's just a woman that I can like just share all the things. And we usually have like 30 minutes of chatting. She always books my appointment extra long. I like want to go have tea with her. I love her so much. And we, I like got back and I told my sister Jenny that, and she was like, I've been wanting to tell you this for a while, but I don't want you to feel offended or attacked. I'm like, I am not feeling offended or attacked. Like I am in such a space in my life where I am so open and I am not here with judgment. And I am like, oh, hello, Joey is meeting us. I am like open to hearing my shit. Like I never ever have proclaimed that I am perfect. I never will be perfect. None of us are perfect. No matter how much work that I do on myself, I know that there's things that I can always work on. And part of like allowing this is being human. Ah, joy. Being these humans, having this spiritual experience means that we have to allow it all. I know that so many of us are so trained to like shove our shit down, to shut it off or to not allow. Like I know me, like one of my shields is being like strong and forever smiling has been a way of like hiding behind things too. It's like, no matter what, I just can smile. I'm like, I can smile through it. And I got to this point many years ago where like, I love smiling. I know it's an act of self-kindness. It's an act of self-love, but I was doing it in like a really unhealthy way where I was just like always hiding behind a smile. And 
I realized that. And then I was like, okay, I don't have to always smile. Like I can allow myself to feel how, however I'm feeling. And it, I don't have to always be quote unquote happy because it's not realistic. I even think of, I've been struggling for years with the word happiness. Like a lot of people are like, oh, you can be happy. Blah. And for me, I almost, I transmute from happiness to joy. Like cho- joy is something that is tangible. Hello, I named my dog Joy, Joy, who this was actually hilarious. My sister's vet for her, for her dog that is a guardian dog that she has to have three litters with came over the other day. And he is just this lovely, amazing, like gay, proud gay man, just like so cute has like the best hair best personality and I went to take joy for a walk and he was like that's not the dog that's is that the dog oh no that's the dad and he was just like joking because these are like very specific like poodle Australian labradoodle $3,400 a piece like dogs and it was really funny he had to go draw blood for Gidget the puppy She's, she's like one and a half and, um, because she's in heat and they want to see if they can artificially inseminate her to get her pregnant. And long story short, when I was like walking back around and he was leaving, he pulled up beside me when I was walking, he goes, I know why Joy bites people. And this is a vet. And I was like, oh, what, why is that? And he goes, well, it's because you gave him a girl's name and he's just acting out. He's coming out. And it was just so funny. And I just started laughing and I was like, that could be true. That could be true. I was like, okay, thank you. Like he's just acting out because you named him a girl's name. I was like, okay, well, and I honestly, I think Joy is gay. Can dog, I think that Joy is gay. He's always humping his brother and maybe it's a dominant thing, but I think he is a gay dog and I, that's fine. And maybe I just intuitively knew that he was going to be gay. And so I named him Joy. And so, yeah, it was just, it was really funny. And I don't even know where the story was going, but yeah, it was, that was just really funny. I thought about Joy. (sighs) Yeah. Who knows? Do you ever do that where you're like chatting so much and then you forget where you're at? Oh yes. I just wanted to like give us permission as human humans and as women to embrace our freaking selves and to allow what is happening in our lives. Because right, we put up like so many of these facades and we put up so much of this like protection. Like we have all of these ways like control, like I'm going to control this anxiety. So I'm going to control everything. And it can be hard. And that is our freaking way of protecting ourselves. And so these are the times where we can ask ourselves, like, is this being a control freak, controlling everything and dominating everything? Is this something that is serving me? Is it serving me? Oh, that's what I was talking about is my sister was telling me about that. She can sense that it's anxiety or not anxiety. It is control that I'm hanging on to. Like, and I do, and I've used it for so many years and I've like had to, because my husband, like he has been an awesome dad and like a great provider financially, but I am like the 90% soul care provider. I do everything for the kids and I have to be in control because that's how I have protected myself. It's how I've protected my kids. It's how they have grown up to these 
kids that they are today. And I was just like reflecting on that control. And when my husband was telling me that I got so mad and I could feel so much resistance. Like, have you ever had that where someone says something to you and you are like furious, like, oh my gosh, how dare you say that to me? Those, my sisters, are the moments where I am like, I encourage you to sit with that resistance and ask yourself, why am I resisting this so much? Like, why do I want to rip this person's face off and claw down their throat? Is it true? Is this a reflection? Is this person saying this to me to help me grow? Like, even though it's hard to see in this moment, even though my ego is kicking in and I want to yell and cuss and be like, oh, you think I am a control freak? Look at you. I really fucking sat with that. Like I sat with it. I felt it. I told my sister about it. I like told my other sisters about it. I like brought it up and I was just sitting with it and feeling it. And I wasn't judging myself, which is huge. Like to notice things inside of ourselves and not judge them. Like, Have you ever given yourself permission to do that, to notice your shit, to notice your imperfections and to be with them instead of pushing them down? Because, right, this, if this was like my relationship with my husband 10 years ago and he said that, oh, it would have been on, it would have been on like Donkey Kong and I would have just like fought and like, like to the end and it would have not gone well. But here I choose again, like I'm choosing to see my shit and not push it down and know that, right, I'm not perfect. I'm never going to be perfect. I do not strive for perfection because people that I've seen in my experience who strive for that false sense of perfectionism, I feel like there's so much anxiety and there's so many underlying feelings of like pain and fear and resentment and judgment that We can never live up to these unrealistic expectations. And if you are someone who struggles with being a perfectionist, I really encourage you, my sister, to let that go or to ask yourself, is this serving me? Is there parts of, are these parts of myself, like are these things that I need to hold on to? Are some of these things that I can let go of? Like, what is it that I can let go of? And so I've been really exploring that with myself and noticing when the control freak in me is like, when she's coming, coming, I would say coming out to play, but she's not so friendly. She's more of like a snatchety, rude human, rude lady. And when she comes up, I'm like noticing it. And so this has been one thing is bedtime with my kids. I don't know why. I don't know where it has come from. And you know what? Now I do. I do know where it is. It's just coming up is my daughter has always struggled with bedtime. When I started like weaning her out of my bed into her bed, she always struggled with bedtime. She's 12 and she still off and on does. And it's been really hard. And I sometimes snap and I freak out and I really want my kids in bed at a certain time. And I just need these things to happen because then I need, I want space and time for myself. And this has served me and it's worked really well. It's been really helpful for these last 12 years. But now my daughter is 12. My middle son is 10, who's more of like a 13 or 14 year old. But I have to remind him that he really is only 10, even though he's like really tall and 
has an attitude too big for his britches that I would say if I was an old and school lady. And then I do have my little Jackie who's only eight. And it's so crazy. Like he is exposed to so many things that my other two were never exposed to because like he is the baby and like they were the babies and they were young and they never were around bigger kids who were doing all these inappropriate things and like cussing and movies and music. And like, it is insane chaos with all of these boys together. There is like one, two, three, four, there's four, is there four boys? Yeah. Four boys who are just like crazy wrestling, punching, name calling, like it breaks my heart. And then I have to like, let go. But then I'm like, there's only like a certain amount of things I can tolerate before I snap. But coming back to the bedtime, I have been noticing like that control freak arise and that need for me to be like, oh my God, if you don't go to bed now. And it's funny because do you know what the limiting belief behind it is? Is that if I don't get my kids in bed by a certain time, if they don't get a certain amount of hours of sleep a night, then I'm a bad mom. And that's it. Like that's, that's that inner voice, that inner critic. That's not serving me. I know I'm a good mom and I'm doing a great job. And if my kids get in bed a little bit later in the summertime, especially, it's going to be okay. And I've really been noticing that and I have been practicing it, my sisters. I actually let Milo stay over at my sister's and I didn't like check on him or make sure he was in bed and asleep by like, like, I'm like, you better be asleep by no later than 930. Like I just had to like, I let it go. And it was so crazy because I'm trying to think of, it was three nights ago. It was the afternoon and I was down in the valley at my sister's house and I had just gotten done puppy sitting the day before. And I think I just been doing so much and taking care of so much. And I started getting this like twinging pain in my like left temple. And I don't really get like a lot of headaches, but I'll get maybe like two or three a year, but they're like not very good. They kind of take me down and I could like feel it. And my sister and I, Jenny, had been going for walks like every day on these beautiful, probably like three to four mile long walks in the hot sun. But I had always like, I was drinking so much water and I was just like kind of wrapping up my cleanse and I was still eating like mostly a plant diet. And I had started adding like legumes and some like beans and grains back into my diet, but I don't eat. Like I've been a vegetarian. I don't eat meat for four years now. And so that wasn't like, I wasn't eating meat or anything. And I could just feel this headache. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I think it was like three o'clock in the afternoon. I have to go lay down. And so I go and I lay down. But before that I had taken two ibuprofen and I had not barely eaten at all. And I took two ibuprofen and maybe drank half of a glass of water. And then all of a sudden it was like the ibuprofen was like attacking my guts and it felt awful. And then it was, I could almost feel the ibuprofen was like sending the signal to my body. And I had this complete wave of nausea and nauseousness. Like I felt like maybe I had morning sickness. I was like, Oh my God, am I pregnant? And luckily I got my period. No, my husband has a vasectomy. I don't know why that comes up. (laughs) I know why it comes up because a year ago I made this like agreement with the universe. And I said, okay, universe, if you need one more soul for me to parent, like bring it before my 40th birthday. Oh, here's Opalite, the puppy. So there it is. I'm like, I just said it for myself. 
but this like nauseousness and this headache, like the headache lasted for like three hours, even with the ibuprofen. And I continued to be like seasick. And I went in my sister's room and I laid on my niece, maybe has a twin size bed on the floor and I could not get up. Like I couldn't take care of my kids. I couldn't take care of myself. Luckily, my sisters are like amazing guardian angels and they split my kids up and took care of them and my dog. And it was miserable. Like I, it was miserable, but then it was crazy because so this was like the end of my cleanse of like the physical cleanse and in like my third eye, in the eye of my mind, I was doing all of this like crazy, like psychedelic healing. And it was interesting because I had just watched, I think it's called Change Your Mind. It's this documentary on Netflix about like psychedelic healing, like through different hallucinogen, hallucinogenics and images that I was like seeing in that video. I was like seeing them flash before my eyes, like in my mind, because I couldn't open my eyes and I was so extremely dizzy. And I was like, feeling these waves of nauseousness, but then it was like, I felt like I was like traveling to a different dimension and I was like shedding and letting go of all of this like spiritual stuff. And I could feel with my husband that there was all of these things that I was like shedding and breaking and like limiting beliefs and things. And in my mind, I just kept like, it was crazy. It was like, I was doing this intense, like energetic ceremony while I was physically like I couldn't physically do anything else. And I feel like my body was like, you have to do this healing right now because this is the, like how you're going to like close down this like entire healing um, cleanse. And it was interesting because my sister said like, Jenny said, I got this hit that you need to do like a ceremony to finish your cleanse. And I like intuitively did. And I, but it was like so interesting, like there was such this dichotomy of like, I was physically ill, couldn't move, but then energetically I was like shifting and expanding and growing and like letting go. It was, it was like something that I can't even describe. And it was crazy. And I'm so grateful for my sisters. And I know that that happened when I was at my sister's house because I just feel so safe with her. And I know that she'll take care of me. And I know like, with my husband, I wouldn't feel as comfortable to do that because he always freaks out about things. And I'm like, when things are going wrong with me, I'm like, you leave me alone. Like I need to like get quiet. I need to get into a dark space and I just need to lay here and let my body heal. And I like trust that. I trust that my body will heal itself. And it always does. Like here I am. What is this? Like three days later, like it's interesting. I can still feel these like energetic shiftings within me, but I laid in bed from three o'clock. I had to have my daughter and my sister help me go to the bathroom because I was so dizzy. I felt like if you had been drinking vodka all night and then try to walk to the bathroom, I like had like the spins and I was feeling like, blah, completely sober. But just, I also think I had dehydration, which I didn't drink as much water. And it was just like this, like accumulation of all of these different things. But this is where we switch from that like victim mentality instead of saying like, why me? Why did that happen to me? It's that was happening for me. I needed to experience all of that. I needed to physically experience that because I would never have made myself lay down and like do all of that spiritual work because I do get stuck up in like the, I'm so busy. I have to take care of these kids. Like, because there are so many kids and there's dogs and there's messes and all the things. And 
my sister after it happened. She was like, it's so interesting because like you being you, who you are and like what you preach, like, you know, teaching self-care and like yoga and meditation that like you don't always do that for yourself and you need to do that for yourself. And I was like, thank you for saying that. And I'm open to accepting and receiving that because I know that that can be a struggle for me to allow myself to rest. Like I, I rest at nighttime and sleep, but I really lately have been feeling called like afternoon pops around and I get so tired and I've really been allowing myself to like rest like yesterday afternoon after all the cleaning and things I walked up to these two beautiful lovely mama trees in my backyard that we have this hammock in and I brought a meditation with me and I laid there for 20 minutes and I did a meditation it was just like so beautiful and I'm like so grateful to be back home and in nature and I'm just so grateful for all of this life and for all of this stuff with my husband. And this has been such a crazy year for me of like healing and allowing myself to grow and great struggle and a lot of pain, which is something that maybe I don't even, I mean, I wrote my book from pain to healing. Like there is like there's daily pain and sometimes it's not always physical. Sometimes it is, sometimes it's more emotional pain or even energetic pain or mental pain that I have been experiencing. And I really just, I'm so, I'm grateful for it all. And I'm just grateful for myself that I have been being just like this open conduit to allow myself to be human and to, to be on this healing journey and knowing that wherever you are on your journey, my beautiful sisters, that, right, it's a practice. It's not a perfect. And life is not a one size fits all. And this is something that's like so huge that we have to stop comparing ourselves to other people. Like I know, I know we even do it with ourselves. Like we'll even compare ourselves. Like someone a long time ago said to me, and it kind of resonated, but it doesn't anymore. Like the only person we can compare ourselves to is our past self. But even that can get in the way because then we're comparing our body or our successes to like then like, oh my gosh, I was so successful then. But can you remember back to those days, like when you felt successful or like you look back and you're like, oh my gosh, my body looked so amazing. I was so in shape. Gosh, I looked so good five years ago. But five years ago, when you were in that five years ago, getting that picture taken, maybe in your bathing suit, the odds were you weren't feeling like, oh my gosh, this is my best self. I'm on top of the world. Like it's such an interesting perspective and we have to stop, stop my sisters, stop comparing yourselves. Stop comparing yourselves to your sisters, to your friends, to women that we see on the media, to, to celebrities, like to Photoshopped images of women on magazines. Yes, they are Photoshopped. Those women do not freaking look like that. Like here and now, this human, this beautiful being, this body, this flesh and bones that you are sitting with right now or standing with or moving around, like this is you. And you have to love and accept yourself just the way you are. No one can do it for you. No one can say, okay, Shelly, it's time. You need to accept yourself. No, here today, I just do. I just do it by actually doing it, right? And we can say all the things, but we have to actually do it. So the next time, my beautiful sisters, like 
whether it's today or tomorrow or this week or next week or next month or the month after that, after that, six months, nine months, 12 months, two years down the road. When hard times come, when difficulties arise with your partner, with your children, with your coworkers, with life, even with strangers, like if you are in an experience at a grocery store that just feels gross or just have a weird encounter with somebody, these are the times right? Where we let go of that victim mentality and we know that life is happening for us. It's happening for us, not to us. That we can use these experiences, right? To help us grow. And when hard stuff and resistance arises, your self-care practice this week is to notice it. Notice why is this resistance coming up hard for me right now? Why is it? What is it? Is this something really inside of me, right? Are these reflections of my own self? And just sit with it. Sit with yourself without judgment. Hold space for yourself. And I like to do a practice where I will take some breaths and literally just place the palms of my hands up. Like I'm like holding this physical space around and then it kind of transmutes into an energetic holding. Just hold space for it without anything. You don't need to change it. You don't need to shift it. Because when we can hold space for things, when we can see them, they can soften. We can start shifting. Just bringing our awareness to that resistance and why it's here. I'm so grateful for you, my beautiful sisters. Thank you so much for showing up with me on like episode 22. I am like beyond words with gratitude for this show and this space and being here. And uh, thank you so much. Head over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating and a review. It means the universe to me. You can find my book, Awaken You, on Amazon and just put in the search bar, Awaken You, Shelly Bond from Pain to healing a woman's way of waking up to her life. You can follow me on Instagram, Awaken You Shelly Bond or Facebook Shelly Bond. I love you and I I just I don't have enough words and I'm just here. I'm holding space for you. I'm holding space for your pain, for your resistance. I'm holding space. I'm holding compassion for you. I love you and I will be back here hanging out with you next week.